Hey everyone, I'm Jess Madigan, creator and host of the Still in the Chaos podcast. As a wife and a mom of four small kiddos and two large labs, I am passionate about pressing the pause button on the movement happening around me. I believe that there's beauty and power in stilling our minds enough to hear God's voice. I also believe that there's so much freedom in talking about our struggles and our hurts. On this show, you'll hear practical tips and encouragement for the struggles we face as women. Welcome to Still in the Chaos. Hi guys, I'm back after a little break. Um, I had the flu and even though it only lasted like seven days, I like it wiped me out for quite a while after that. And I just have been mentally and physically and emotionally just completely just drained for a couple weeks. So I'm excited to be back behind the mic sharing another um, episode. So thanks for being here. This is episode four. Um, and for quite a while, I have been feeling this sense of urgency to share about my postpartum journey because I know so many people that are have just had babies or are going to have babies soon. And um, there's just so much that I've learned in having four babies and how like there's so many difficult times that I've walked through and I believe God wants me to share about those times and how I overcame them. Um, so today's episode is just going to be part one of what I hope to be a little mini series um, for moms who are walking through the fourth trimester. Um, today is just going to be me. I'm um, going solo again today, but next week, and uh, I'm hoping that a couple weeks after next week, we will have, or ex- next, not next week, but in two weeks, my next episode. Um, I'm going to have a couple guests on to talk about their experience, and um, I'll have my naturopath on to talk about how what we eat and what we take in and our environments and all of that, how they impact us in our um, postpartum depression and anxiety experience. So um, thank you for being here. I'm really grateful that you came across this um, episode. I hope that maybe somebody shared it with you or you've just been following along with me for a while. Um, so I just want to start by explaining that my view on depression and anxiety as a whole before I experienced it was definitely like, I thought that it was something that you could just talk someone out of feeling like it was, I thought it was a feeling that you should just get over, like just snap out of it. Right. Um, and I feel like God has walked me through this um, just to empathize with those people and and to realize, you know, no, that's not actually reality. Um, it is real. And I'm excited to be here today and tell you about my perspective and my experience with it. So um, I've actually been diagnosed with postpartum depression and anxiety twice. I do think that I had it three times though. Um, with my second child, I was not diagnosed, but I definitely felt the effects of it now that I've been through, you know, it being diagnosed two more times. So I've got four kids and with the first, I was literally like, just so excited to have a child. And I don't, I don't remember feeling, um, 
the effects of any kind of postpartum depression or anxiety or anything like that. So um, my stories today will just be on, I'm just going to share about the ones that were diagnosed. So my third and fourth children. Um, so I'm going to start with my third child. Her name is Kimber. She is a feisty little two-year-old girl who loves to take spices out of the cabinet and throw them all over my house and hide toys in our shoes and climb up on the counter and throw things off the counter. And she's a lot of fun. She's been, she's been a fun little adventure, um, from the start actually. So she is two. We had her, I had her when um, let's see, December 28th of 2017. Gosh, can't remember all my kids' birthdays. Um, and she, it was very clear very early on that she had some skin issues. Like she had redness and eczema and, um, it wasn't severe until about three months when she was three months old. And I can just remember her scratching and itching and having these bumps all over her body, all over her face, all over her arms. And she would scratch until she was bleeding. And it was honestly so traumatizing. Sorry. I couldn't think clearly enough to, you know, that when you're in that phase, the fourth trimester, you've got this fog, brain fog, like crazy, and you're in the thick of the fog, right? And you can't think clearly because you haven't had sleep and you're trying to function and take care of other little kids. And it's, it's so hard, right? So when you have something as devastating as like this, or another illness or something like that where you just don't know what to do. I would um I, it was just traumatizing for me. So I finally was like, okay, well we need to get her to the allergist. I called our allergist. She's amazing, but she couldn't see her for like 2 months. And so I was like, all right, well I'll just go to my pediatrician. Went to the pediatrician was like got sat down and it finally hit me when we were in there that I was coming there because of her skin. And I just broke down and wept. And the doctor came in and she's like, what's going on? And I was, I just pointed at her skin and was like, I don't know what to do. I don't know, like, I'm, I've, I don't know what to do. And I had only given her a bottle a couple of times because at this point I was a stay-at-home mom and I didn't really need to be away from her. So she, you know, was three, four, five months old, something around there. And I just, I just wept in the doctor's office. I didn't know what to do. And the doctor was like, oh my goodness, like what, what's happened? Like, tell me about it. And so I told her about it and she prescribed a medication that helps ease the itching. But I was really like, I need to get to the root of this. Like, what is the root? And so she would say, you know, are you, have you eliminated X, Y, and Z? Have you eliminated gluten? Have you eliminated dairy? So I eliminated almost everything. And, um, I was down to the point of like starvation because I, I didn't know what to eat. I had lost so much weight. I had 
barely any milk. So the baby was nursing like every hour to two hours at like five months old. And when people would come over to see us, like even our family members, I would put her in long sleeves and make sure she was in fresh clothes so that like they didn't see the blood all over her clothes and all over her sheets and stuff like that because it was so such a big shame point for me. I like I felt like such a bad mom because what was I doing to my baby? What was what was I doing wrong? And so finally um not I don't know, like there's a lot this whole space in my life was such a blur. But one day um we were driving to church and my husband was driving and we had the kids in the back and he was trying to pass a car to get in front of them and he sped up and then the other car sped up and they ended up going like 70 miles an hour on a 55 mile an hour road and I felt so out of control and so angry and frustrated and all of a sudden I start like I couldn't breathe like all these thoughts were going through my head like why are you driving like this not to shame him or anything but I it was my experience so I was just terrified um I find my found myself like not able to breathe not able to catch my breath and then I started hyperventilating and then I just broke down and cried and I just was like what's what's going on like this is you know I put the blame on him but in reality like it was it was just what triggered what was really happening inside of me which was a lot of just lack of nourishment um, which caused my mental issues, or not mental issues, but me- mental depletion. Um, and rewind a little bit before this day, I was, I was, I had, in hindsight, I was yelling a lot. I was crying a lot. I was victimizing myself, putting the blame on my husband and my kids for just like literally like breathing. And I was having these terrible thoughts and dreams about losing my children and um, just terrible things. And I, I, I wasn't out of the fog enough to realize what it was. And so I think that I had to come to this, this point where I had a panic attack in the car um, to realize that something was really wrong. And so the rest of the day, I was just totally wrecked. I could barely function. I didn't know what happened, but I knew at that point that I needed help. So I went to the doctor. I finally was like, okay, this is, it's time. I need to just get some help because I can't be this, this rocky, this on edge, this, um, this really bad off, um, for my kids and for my family, it's not, it's not fair to them. And that's when I realized like uh, it was me and it wasn't them that were creating this, uh, hostility in my life. It was really me and what was going on inside of me that was creating this terrible atmosphere in our home. And so 
I went to the doctor that week and I told them I basically like broke down in their office and said the same thing. And um, within a few weeks of taking the medication, they put me on Lexapro. And within a few weeks, I started feeling a lot better. But um, but that wasn't like the end all be all. It was like the beginning of it. Um, and so I took that and then not too much further longer after that, we got pregnant with our fourth child. Um, but I I felt a whole, whole lot more mentally stable when I took the medication and we went to the um, the allergist and identified all of Kimber's allergies and were able to um, really get that under control. Turns out she's highly allergic to cashews and the doctor had never mentioned like eliminate nuts. And of course, like nuts are such a high allergen. Why didn't I think of that? Well, that's because I was in the fog. Um, so there was a lot of shame there too. But the more I talk about it, the more it is released from my body and from my mind. And I'm really grateful for that. Um, so fast forward, I was pregnant and I went to the midwife and said, can I take this medication while I'm pregnant, while I'm still nursing? I don't even know how I was alive because I was still nursing this child at 10 months, 11 months, whatever. Oh, I forgot to mention that we try, like when my milk supply was diminished to the point of not even being able to pump or express anything, the, our pediatrician suggested that we try a, an anti, what is it called? An anti uh, allergen formula, which is like, it just doesn't have milk and stuff in it. And so she wouldn't take the bottle for anything. She wouldn't take it out of a syringe, nothing. She would spit it out. It would go everywhere. It was disgusting. And so she was like, okay, well, our last resort is to like put it through a tube and put the tube down your breast onto your nipple. And so that she can suckle it like instead of your milk. And I was like, oh my gosh, like it felt so artificial and fake and forced. And it was terrible. Such an awful, like, like I can't provide for my baby what's happening. So we tried that. And of course the same thing happened. She spit it out. And so we were, we just did everything that we could until, until the allergist could see her. Anyways, back to where I was going. Um, when, when I got pregnant, I went to the midwife and I told her, I think I still need this medication because it's really helping me. And do you think it's safe? And she said, yes, it's totally safe. I was on a low dose of it. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, so fast forward through my pregnancy, I stayed on it. And then towards the end of my pregnancy, I felt like maybe I can come off of it. And I, I went off and realized, nope, I need it. I need to get back on. Like I, I realized that I was being short with people in my life and my poor husband, he's, he's really taken the blunt of, of all of this, this journey. Um, and he's been so gracious and forgiving and loving through it all, even though he's like, I've been so cruel to him, which it's really, it's not my heart. You know, it's really just what's happening inside of me. And that's just a side effect, you know, not, 
not a side effect. It's just how it, how it manifests, how it plays out in my life. And so anyways, I'm going to fast forward a little bit to, um, my first couple of weeks postpartum, weeks and months postpartum with my fourth child, um, we were ahead of the game and I was like, all right, let's just stay on the medication. Um, you know, while I, before and after I have the baby, like through it. Um, and that really helped me through the first couple of weeks. Although I did really, I did have postpartum blues like crazy. And I, I had it with all four and postpartum blues is different than postpartum depression because the blues are just in the first week or so. And they're really just fluctuating mood swings and hormone hormones, just completely out of whack. Your body goes through so much in those first couple of days. And, um, and I can just remember like trying to hold it in and then just laying on the couch and just bawling my eyes out and then being so happy the next minute. And I'm like, what is wrong with me? And there's literally nothing wrong with me, but there, you know, nothing wrong with who I am as a person, but there was so much going on inside of me that it was coming out in this crazy way. So anyways, fast forward a little bit past the postpartum blues into maybe like a month or two after I had Luke. Um, I was on a very low dose of Lexapro, what the same dose as I was on before when I had Kimber. And I can just remember feeling like I was so alone and not wanting to be around anybody, like knowing that I needed connection, but not knowing, but not wanting it, if that makes sense. Um, I I really, really deeply wanted somebody to just validate and hear me and accept me for where I was and and make me feel like it was okay to be where I was, but also love me enough to not leave me where I was. Um, and in hindsight, that person or that being was God. Um, he was the one that was with me in it and was the honestly the only one who didn't I felt didn't pressure me to keep going, keep striving, keep doing. Um, Anyways, all of that to say, I was just feeling judged for wanting to respect my own needs for rest. I was feeling judged when I, my kids showed up late for school after like day after day because my lack of sleep was obviously there. Like I had just had my baby when school started. Um, so that was an adjustment period too. And I still struggle with that. Honestly, like, um, getting my kids to school on time is a, is a big struggle for me. So I, I have worked really hard to, um, believe that other people's viewpoints or perspectives of me is actually a whole, has a whole lot more to do with their character than mine. And they don't know what it's like to be me. So 
I'm okay with the judgy looks if I get them. I'm okay with them because they those people don't know my story. They don't know my journey. Um, that's a side note. So all of that to say, I um, upped my medication a little bit when I was feeling really isolated and lonely and like I had gone back into this um, shaming the people around me for for breathing phase and just able not able to keep up with it all, like feeling like things were piling up on top of me and I couldn't surface, like I was drowning. Um, and so I took the next couple of weeks to kind of identify some areas of my life that I could pour into. Um, and I'm going to share those with you today. Some of them were gathered from previous pregnancies and postpartum phases. Others were just gathered this past time. And so with that, I would, I would go as far as to say some people who have one or two or three children may not have experienced what I experienced with my fourth children, fourth child. And I'm not saying that like, because I had four children and because I had this fourth child, I know more than you. I'm just purely and simply saying like these things to follow are my tips and tricks and including, but not limited to a list of things that I've been progressively adding to, um, that I hope will help somebody. So, um, I'm going to just go ahead and get started. Number one is sleep. And you might laugh at me for this one because how do you sleep with a newborn? Well, you can sleep during the day. You can have a friend or a family mother member come over and watch the baby, um, just for a couple hours for you to get sleep. I did hear somewhere recently and totally believe this because I have experienced it firsthand. Just one stretch of five hours of sleep can be incredibly restorative to your body and to your mental health. So if you're struggling and you feel like you're up every one or two or three hours at night and you just need some sleep, call somebody, ask for the help that you need. Number two, vitamins. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I, when I see this word, I think of like, okay, it's basic, you know, vitamins. But when, when I was going through this, there was something inside of me that was saying like, you're not getting enough nutrients. You're not getting enough nutrients. So I went on Amazon and I found pink stork supplements. They're not paying me to advertise this at all, but uh, they have some amazing products. So I would recommend that you go check them out if you are struggling with this. They're on Amazon and they also have their own website that I will put in the show, in the show notes. Um, also on this topic of vitamins and nutrition and all of that, I consulted a dietitian um, before I had Luke during my pregnancy and then also did a follow-up with her afterwards just to kind of re refresh my memory and see where I was at with um, with my eating habits and stuff like that. Now it's not perfect at all, but she did give me some really helpful, tangible tips. Um, and I also 
have a naturopath now and she's going to be on the podcast in a few weeks. I'm really excited because she has so much wisdom and knowledge to share about um, pregnancy, postpartum, and how our bodies function based on what we intake. Okay, next is number three, get outside. Get outside. Just get outside. Okay, if it's winter and it's cold where you are, um, you should still get outside, but not for very long. <laughs> but just stepping outside of your house, if you are if you've been in your house for several days, like go to the store or just get outside. Um, and if you can't, I would highly recommend taking a vitamin D supplement. This is something that my dietitian helped me come to realize that I needed vitamin D. It's helped my mood. It's helped my just like overall health. Um, so that's something to look at if you can't get outside on a regular basis. Um, even if you can, actually, I'm going to recommend that you would look into that and talk to your doctor about that. Um, number four is antidepressants or anti-anxiety medication. There is such a stigma and I am proof of that because I was the one person who, you know, before I w went through it was saying, oh, well, you just need to snap out of it and drugs are bad. Um, but I think that there is a time and a place for medicine. And this is one of those times in my perspective that it's okay because you you and your family can be impacted in a very negative way. And th that's happened in my home. And I hate that that's happened um, because of the lack of help and um, the chemical imbalance. So I am for, I'm all for going to the doctor and saying, this is what I need. I need help. Can you please help me? And taking that medication, um, it, it takes courage sometimes, but do it for your family. Do it for you yourself and do it for your future self because your future self will thank you if you decide to, to choose a healthier mindset, healthier mental state. Um, number five is self-care. There's a lot that goes into this and I want to share all about self-care and I will probably do an entire podcast about self-care. But this I'm going to try to keep short and sweet. Um, Self-care is not selfish. Self-care is basically making sure that your needs are met and maybe taking a little bit of extra time for yourself just so that you have the space to be you. Um, make sure that you're eating three meals a day or if you're breastfeeding, maybe four or five meals a day. Um, make sure that you're showering every day. Make sure that you're asking for help when you need to do these things. Don't don't do, I mean, you, sometimes you have to do it when the baby's sleeping. That's fine too. But, um, but ask for help. It's, it's, there's no shame in asking for help. It is not selfish. It is necessary to do this stuff in order for you to be the mom that you want to be. You have to take care of you. Okay. Number six is make time for a healthy outlet. And I would suggest that you don't dive into this right away after after you right after you have the baby but like 
shortly after when you feel like the fog is lifting just a little bit or you feel like you have a little bit more energy. Um, think about like an old hobby that you used to do or a new one that you may have always wanted to do. Like just take time for you and maybe it's like going to a sip and paint night or something like that. Or maybe it's, I don't know, for me, it was starting a photography business um, and a podcast. And now I've started working out and that's been helpful for me, my mental health also. Um, Let's see. Yeah. Whatever that is for you, just make, I would encourage you to make time for the, for a healthy outlet for yourself because you can easily drown in all the to-dos of motherhood. Um, number seven is talk to a friend. Okay. This one, guys, we, I know that we feel safest with our partners, but they cannot relate. They don't understand what we're going through and it may be, and probably is really hard for them to sympathize with our realities, what we're going through. So I encourage you to confide in a friend, share what's going on, and yeah, just be real because there's power in releasing that from from your body. Okay, and this last one, number eight, is a very new concept to me, but I love it. Um, Buy jeans that fit. Okay, so there's this thought that's just it's just in our society, it's in our culture that we need to get back to our pre-baby bodies, right? False. What if we loved our bodies for where they are instead of possibly starving ourselves or dieting to the point of just anger and frustration to get into our old genes? What if we said, thank you, body, for for giving me this child. Thank you, body, for giving me this these two children. And I love you just the way you are. And although I'm going to exercise you and feed you good food, I, I it's okay that you're not as skinny as you used to be. Okay, this all came from, <laughs> this is not all my idea. Um, Chrissy Powers has a a podcast called Sure Babe, and she talks about her reality dealing with body image and um, and how she's learning and to and teaching herself to love her body for all it's done. You should definitely go check her out. Um, but there's one very impactful episode that hit me like at the perfect time. I had been struggling to fit into my old jeans, the ones that I was I was wearing when I was like starving when I was feeding Kimber, barely feeding Kimber, and I was like three, two, maybe one or two sizes smaller than I am now. And I was just like super skinny, but I literally, I'm, why, why am I sitting here, you know, two months ago thinking, well, I got to get back in those jeans. Uh, well, I wasn't healthy then. So why would I want to get back in those jeans? Also, I think that we, I don't know, once we have kids, we should just be we they're looking to us to model body image 
So if we have girls, they're looking at us, watching us look at ourselves in the mirror and talk to ourselves. So be careful about what you say to your around your little ones and honestly to yourself. If you're talking down to yourself or thinking down about yourself, that's going to impact the way that you love others. All right. Buy the jeans, y'all. Go to Target. Go get a couple good fitting, comfortable jeans and you will thank yourself. Um, I came across a quote. That's the end of my um, eight tips. <laughs> um, and I'm sure there's going to be more, but I today I came across a quote that identified my reality so, so perfectly when I was just um, going through all of this. And I still, I still kind of am. Um, but it says, you're afraid of surrender because you don't want to lose control, but you never had control. All you had was anxiety. This is by Elizabeth Gilbert. She is at Elizabeth underscore Gilbert underscore writer on Instagram. Oh my gosh, it hit me so hard. I was like, dang, it's all about that surrender. Um, When we just give it to God and lay it at his feet, it just takes such a weight off of us and the worries go away and we can just trust that he's got all of this under control. And while all of that is true, there's often other things that, you know, are hindering us from truly believing that and truly laying it down at Jesus' feet. And so that's why I shared all this stuff today. These are just practical things that can help you get out of that, um, get out of your struggle. You struggle with postpartum depression and anxiety. So, um, I, Probably did not go over everything that I wanted to, but I had a short little window of time and I wanted to record today. So um, there may be a follow-up recording about this, but I hope that this is um, resonated with you in some way. And I, um, yeah, I will talk to you guys soon. Thank you guys so much for listening today. Um, If you were impacted by this in any way, would you please share it with a friend or put it on your Instagram or something like that so that other people can hear it? That would mean so much to me. Um, You can reach me at uh, by email uh, at stillinthechaos at gmail.com or on Instagram at still in the chaos. No spaces, no underscores, no periods or anything like that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. And I hope you guys have a wonderful week or two or three or however long it takes me to get back here. All right. Bye.